that we get to worship God together from all over the world. I mean, thank God for technology, right? I know I don't go anywhere without my phone. And one of our favorite apps here at Journey is the YouVersion app. Each week, our message notes are uploaded on YouVersion for you to follow along. All you have to do is follow the link on your screen or click the link in the comments. Now, as we jump into the message for today, I want to encourage you to share this video with someone. We believe the gospel is so life-changing that everyone should experience it. So if you're ready, let's jump into today's message. Hey guys, so glad you could join us today. This is Palm Sunday, and we want to celebrate Palm Sunday. This is a season uh, in the life of the church and a season in the life of believers. There's a time of celebration. We are celebrating Palm Sunday today. Next Sunday it'll be Easter Sunday, which we celebrate the power of the resurrection. And so Palm Sunday is a special day. It's Today I want us to focus on a couple of things as we look into the passage. But God's promises are trustworthy. I think more than ever, we need to know that God's promises are trustworthy. They always have been, but right now there's a lot of people that are wrestling with, hey, does God know what's going on? And I promise you, this has not been able to sneak up on Him. God knows what we're going through. This pandemic, everything that we're dealing with, the changes, and, and so much change I know maybe has wigged some of you guys out, but I'm just telling you, we can walk through life knowing that God's promises are trustworthy. And we're going to see today that, you know, hundreds of years earlier, some promises have been made that God followed through on. So what is Palm Sunday? And Palm Sunday is this. Palm Sunday is the day we celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem one week before the resurrection. The resurrection would change everything for the believer, for the follower of Christ. It would change everything. And, and so what, what what we see in this text is, is we're going to see people getting excited about Christ coming into Jerusalem. There was a promise that had been made in Scripture many years ago. And, and so it was being fulfilled. And, and a lot of people were excited. And so we're going to unpack this passage out of John chapter 12 today. So check this out. Jesus' triumphant entry. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. And a large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and they went down to the road to meet him. And they shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord to the king of Israel. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and he rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy, again, a promise that said, don't be afraid. People of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. And his disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. And so, but after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. So even after Jesus ascended to be with the Father, they realized, you know what? Man, all this stuff is coming to true, coming to reality. And so many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. And that was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had, they had heard about this miraculous sign. And then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. And, and so one of the things I want you to understand is that Palm Sunday was a celebration of God's promise. 
it was a celebration of God's promise. And, and so when we look back, we realize, you know, that, that this text, this passage here, this happening, this experience was a fulfillment of God's scripture. We look back into Zechariah 9, 9. Look at this. Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. Exactly what Scripture had said. And so it's important for us to understand that, that man, God makes a promise. He's going to carry through on that promise. And, and I think there are some of us, maybe in these days, you know, we've been too focused on the news. We've been too focused on social media. Maybe we've been too focused on our fears rather than the promises of God. And that's not to beat anybody up. It's just to encourage you to maybe change your focus and to, and to move your focus to the things that will last forever. There's two things that will last forever. The souls of men in a place called heaven or a place called hell and the word of God. And so why not lean into the word of God, the promises of God during these times that we're going through when during this pandemic, when things are changing from day to day, it's very fluid. And we don't know even today what might change tomorrow. But here's the thing is God does. And God has given us promises and he's going to walk with us through through many things. You know, it's oftentimes it's helpful to look back at what God has promised in the past to give us confidence in the present and hope for the future. I hope that statement is something that will resonate with you right now, that you'll you'll be able to claim that and say, you know what, God, you ha- you have promised things in the past and you've given that gives me confidence for today and it gives me hope for the future. And so I want to share a couple of passages with you. Here's one out of Isaiah. It's Isaiah 40, 31. It says, but those who trust in the Lord will renew, uh, will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. What a great promise. As we look into, you know, this, this, this passage here, this promise from God's word. There, there's other passages here that we can lean into. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand, is what Scripture says, that God has got us. He's going to give us victory. Isaiah 41.10. And then if my people, this is one that a lot of people have been claiming as we've been moving through this pandemic. And I do believe that God is doing some spiritual things in our lives as we are moving through this pandemic. There's a lot of people that are spending time with family that they have not done that in years. There are people that are sitting around a dinner table having dinner together. And maybe it's bringing it back to the core values of the family. Families are having to go through drive throughs and pick up food and go sit and maybe have a picnic or take it back to the house and sit on the back porch. But there's things that are happening. People are looking into God's Word. Some are worried about, hey, is it the end of time? And they're, they're studying Scripture and they're asking questions. But the good thing is, is God is using Scripture to speak to us. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Our land needs to be restored like never before. Here's another one. And we know that God causes everything, everything, pandemics, tragedies, storms, tornadoes, it doesn't matter. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And that's out of Romans. And let me just say this. That's not that God is making these things happen, but God is going to allow good to happen. God is going to bring good out of these situations that we're in. And there's a lot of good. If we'll take the time to 
sit back and look, hey, what are the good things that we're learning or seeing or, or experiencing because of this pandemic? And there are some good things and there are some really tragic things that are happening. There are people that are struggling, you know, with how to, how to take care of their kids, you know, how to teach their kids, you know, how to, how to get a job, how to provide for their family. And we know that the government is doing some things to help out with that. But a lot of you, man, you're trying to figure out, hey, what's the next steps? And God is going to walk with us through that. He's going to see that, us through that. And so let's look at this next statement here. It says, the, these crowds, talking about the crowds there, they were bringing out the palm branches and, and shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know, they were shouting, hey, this is the new king, the king of Israel. These crowds looked for a Messiah who would rescue them politically and then and, and free them nationally. But Jesus had come to save them spiritually. And, and so the thing that, look at this, this statement one more time here. It says, the crowds looked for a Messiah. So they wanted a Messiah. They'd been promised a Messiah. And again, God's word is faithful. God had promised a Messiah. He would provide one. But they wanted one that would, would rescue them politically. That, that Romans would no longer be over them. That they would be their own people. They would be, have their own king or whatever. They would have their own place. And so they wanted to be rescued politically. And he wanted, they wanted to be free, free them nationally. They wanted to be able to have their own nation. But Jesus had come to save them spiritually. And, you know, and I, and I feel like there's some things going on in our nation right now to where our focus may be on the wrong things. And so here's a, here's a question here. Could it be that God is using this season that we're in, this pandemic that we're in, to address the spiritual needs in our lives while we're all too focused on the political or national rescue? And I know there's some relief that's coming out. There's some financial relief. But I think too often what we do is we get focused on the political things. We get too focused on maybe this national rescue, the federal government being able to fix everything. Whenever we might need to say, you know, God, God, what are you trying to reveal to us? And maybe God's, you know, maybe he's trying to teach us some things through this. And maybe we should be asking God, what, God, what do you want to teach me during this pandemic? God, what do you want to teach me during this pandemic? And we ask God that. And God I need to know, God, is there something that I'm not doing? Is there there's something that's out of focus in my life? Instead of looking to man to save and fix everything, what if we were to say, hey, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to reveal to me? And so maybe we ought to be asking that question. What do you want to teach me during this pandemic? And then here's one I would say for us as a nation. Maybe we should be asking as a nation, God, what do you want to teach us as a nation during this pandemic? You know, we found out that and I've seen people post many things about it, but, you know, we can live without sports. And I know there's a lot of sports people out there that need their jobs, and, you know, and that's how they provide for their family. But in many ways, sports have become many people's gods. And they found out, you know what, they can make it without those sports. And, you know, and, and so there's things that our nation needs to be asking. You know, God, you know, what have we done? Have we turned our back on you? Have we walked away from you? Have we put other things in front of you? Have we taken these little G gods and made them the gods in our life? And so, God, we want to ask you to reveal those that are there. And so, if so, maybe we should be asking God as a nation, God, in what areas of our lives should we recognize our sins and repent? And repentance is to turn to God. It's to, it's to move away from maybe how we've been living. And if I've been walking in this direction, I turn and I, I turn away from the sin in my life and I turn to God. That's repentance. It's, it's giving up. It's laying down. It's leaving at the altar. It's confessing it as sin and walking away from it and saying, God, I want to, I want to honor you. And so this is a strong question, but maybe we as a nation need to be asking that. We obviously need to ask that in our own personal lives. You know, just last night we had, uh, an opportunity to, to talk through, you know, hey, what, what sin is in our life? And, and maybe you and your own personal time, you've done that. And so you've asked God, God, is there any sin in my life that I need to confess to, to, re, to repent of and turn to you? 
And so this is a good question for us to ask as a nation. So let's move to this next one here. The disciples didn't understand at the time. The disciples didn't understand at the time. And we're, we're, we've never experienced anything like what we're going through. None of us have. None of us have. The disciples had never experienced anything like what they were going through. You know, they, they were seeing Jesus do things they'd never seen before. They'd seen him feed the 5,000. They'd seen him do all kinds of things. You know, and, and so even this celebration that takes place on Palm Sunday, where people are bringing palm branches out and they're, lay, they're taking their cloaks off and they're laying them down on the, on the ground. They're giving this royal treatment to Christ because they're thinking, hey, he's going to rescue us politically. He's going to rescue us nationally. But he was there to save them spiritually. He was headed to the cross. You know, this, this Palm Sunday begins what we call Passion Week or many would call Holy Week. And it says Jesus was, he was focused on the cross. He was moving to the cross. This past week we were able to celebrate communion. And communion is taking the time to remember the cross of Christ. The bread which represented his body. You know, the juice which represented his blood that was, that was broken and was poured out for our sins and for the sins of the world. And so Jesus was focused. He was moving to the cross. That was his, that was his destination. And so the disciples, they had never experienced anything like this. We're going through something we've never experienced before. You know, and, and, and in the passage, it tells us that, man, it did not become clear to them until later on. And it became clear after Jesus had literally gone on to his glory. He had ascended and gone back to be with the Father. And I would say the same thing for us. Things will be clear down the road. Now, I know that's not what you want to hear. But, you know, we all say hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, in other words... You know, you can look back and you can see things that you'd like to have done different. There are many of you that maybe even this past week, there's things you wish you'd have done different. You look back and you think, you know, I should have said that different to my wife. I should have said that different to my husband. You know, we're we're all in, you know, these quarantines or self-quarantines or spending a lot of time at home. And that's a good thing. Like I said, it can be a really positive thing. But it can also be a, a tension builder. And it can be where we're around each other more than maybe we've been used to and so that tension builds and maybe we fly off the handle or we say something or someone is getting on your nerves or whatever and so we have to be careful with those things we have to be careful with how we respond and how we react and and so one of the things that we can do is you know we can we can step back and we can look back and say you know i I should have handled that different and there's things that will be clear down the road i'm sure that our government will learn a lot from this pandemic and there'll be things that will be different down the road our life may never go back to what we knew it as and because things may change and things may be better things may be improved you know maybe it'll even cut down on getting the regular flu as we move through this because people are going to have different ways of taking care of sanitation and and their hands and you know staying clean and and all those things maybe maybe it's good good practices that we could put into place that will save lives way down the road but the disciples they didn't understand at the time they didn't understand completely what Jesus was talking about. And, and even these disciples who, who loved him, who were following him, who had, who had given up everything, you know, they realized, you know, that Jesus, he was, he was on a mission, but they didn't realize completely and fully yet what he was doing. Even Peter, just the night before the trials, man, he would, he would deny Christ and he would, he would run away. But yet he had claimed, hey, I'll be there with you to the end. But we see that, you know what, Peter, he, he would he would blow it, man. He would he would say he would denounce Christ. He would he would say, I don't know who this guy is. And he would even curse him. And so I'm just asking you, you know, maybe as you're going through this, maybe things don't seem clear. It didn't seem to the clear to the disciples. But later things were way clearer. And maybe that can give you some hope that, you know what, 
down the road, we're going to look back and we're going to learn from this. And so Jesus also you know, had, had made an incredible impact in, in the lives of, lives of people, and especially this family here with Lazarus. So Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead, and people were talking. So when you look back at that text there in John, man, everybody was talking about this. And, and part of the reason the crowds were out there, you know, they had seen Jesus walk up and tell Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And so when Lazarus came forth from the tomb, you know, he comes out with grave clothes on, and people are freaking out. You know, even his sister said, hey, Lord, he's been in there like three days. He's been in there three days. He will have already begun to smell. And so she's concerned about just the physical deal, the, the smell that will be there. And, and, but Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead, and people saw it, and they take these grave clothes off of him, and they're blown away by it. They're like, man, you know, this guy's got authority. This guy's got power. And, and so a lot of people had heard the story, you know, of this dead man being raised to life. And so therefore it had impacted a lot of lives, a lot of people. They wanted to know more about this. And I would just say this, that this story, this part of the story that I love here in the, in Palm Sunday is that this applies to us today. This applies to us today. Whenever we realize, you know what, that God is still at work in our lives. There's a, look, look, look at this next passage right here. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. And he is, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Satan is still at work. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. Don't miss that. And he loved us so much, just like John 3, 16, he loved the world so much, he gave his only begotten son, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. And so here's what I love. For those of us that have put our faith in Christ, those of us that have made that decision to receive Christ as, as Lord of our life, man, we have been changed, we have been transformed, you know, and, and so... We are a dead man walking, if you will. You know, we have gone from death unto life. We were dead in our, tra- our, our transgressions, our sins, our, our, our passions. We were dead in those things. But because of the power of the resurrection, which we will celebrate next Sunday, on Easter Sunday, we will celebrate the power of the resurrection. But because of this resurrection power that we see here in Ephesians, that Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's saying, hey, listen, you were dead in your sins. Man, it's time to start living that life out. And live with authority and live with power. We don't, we no longer live like the world lives. If you've been saved, if you've been born again, you're supposed to be different. And so a couple of things here that I think we can draw from this is no one, Jesus still raises the dead. Anytime that someone puts their faith in Christ for salvation, they go from death unto life. I love it whenever we're here in a service and I'll ask them and say, hey, listen, man, if you want to give your life to Christ, if you want to ask Christ to come and live within you, then I walk them through a simple plan of salvation, if you will, or a prayer of salvation. And what it is, is they're confessing their sins. They're saying, hey, you know what? Jesus, I want to ask you, if you will, to forgive me of my sins. I have messed up. I have blown it. Even if I've sinned one time, my sin has separated me from a holy God. And God, I want to be saved. I want to be changed again. I want to be, I want to be transformed. And so you, you say, so Jesus, I confess my sins to you. I ask you to forgive me. And will you come and will you live in me? And the, the answer is yes. Jesus nailed that to the cross 2,000 years ago. 
And so we ask Christ to come and live within us. And so by asking Christ to come and live with us and we surrender our life, that prayer is a surrender. It's a heart surrender. It's a literally saying, God, here is my life. I give you everything that I've got. And so when we, whenever we do that, literally we are filled with the life of Christ. The power of the resurrection comes in. The spirit of the living God comes to dwell within that, that person. They become a believer. And they go from being dead to being alive. You know, and so what I love is Jesus still raises the dead every time we see someone put their faith in Christ. They go from death unto life. And I love that celebration. So look at this next one here. People should still be talking about our lives being changed. And let me just say that for, for those of us in the room that have put our faith in Christ, people should still be talking about our being resurrected, if you will, our lives being changed. And so, for me, I was 19 years old when I gave my life to Christ. I heard the gospel. Man, I, I put my faith in Christ. I walked an aisle. I, I got down there to a pastor. And he said, Mike, he goes, what are you coming forward for? And I said, I really don't even know. I just know I need Jesus. And so I got down on my knees. I prayed a prayer of surrender. And I asked Christ to come and live within me. I asked Him to forgive me of my sins. I, you know, I, I, I chose to repent that night of the things that I were doing that I knew were sin. And I turned to Him. And I've, it's changed my life. I've never been able to get over it. And, and, and so people should still be talking about our life being changed. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, there, pe- there ought to be people still talking about your life being changed, your life being transformed. And, and so whenever we see these people are talking about it, they're, they're going, man, that's the guy that raised Lazarus from the dead. And if you remember in the, in the Gospels, it talks about that the Pharisees, they were afraid of Lazarus. Because he was such a powerful witness of the resurrection that comes through Christ alone. Look at this next one here. Our changed life is a miraculous sign to those that are seeking. Our changed life is a miraculous sign to those that are seeking. There are a lot of people that they're looking. They're looking for something that's real. They're looking for something that's worth worth living for. Something that's worth even dying for. You know, we talk about the, the blood of the... The blood of the martyr is the seed of the church is a statement that used to be shared oftentimes. And what it was was those who were willing to lay down their life. They were willing to literally be, be executed, if you will, because they would not, not denounce Christ. And they were willing to stand firm for their faith and their faith in Christ. And oftentimes people say, well, if we'll just snuff out these Christians, it'll do away with this teaching and it'll just go away. But what they found out was that the more that they tried to snuff it out by taking people's lives the more that the church exploded. We see that in underground church in China. Man, they tried to snuff it out. They did everything they could to stop it. And the underground church in China has exploded. And and so we see that our changed life is a miraculous sign to those that are seeking. There are some that are looking and they're seeking hope. They're seeking eternal life. They're seeking the answer. They're seeking truth. They're seeking a relationship with God. And you can be that sign. Whenever they see your life and they see how you live and they see the change and the transformation that's taking place in you, you become that ambassador for Christ. You become that representative and it becomes an opportunity for them to see Christ in you. And so I just want to challenge you as we look back at Palm Sunday and we think through, you know, some of what this passage talks about that it was a prophecy, it was a promise that was fulfilled, that God is faithful to fulfill his promises. And I'll tell you this. It, it, he tells us that, man, if we, will, if we will confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and He will forgive us of our sins, and He will forgive us of all unrighteousness. And so I would just encourage you today, maybe you, 
realize, you know what, man, I have been dead in my sin. I've been dead in my transgressions. I've been dead in my decisions. And Jesus, I want to live. I want to live like I've never lived before. And so right now, right where you're at, just maybe, just maybe you get on your knees in front of your TV. You may, you maybe you gather somebody with you and you take them by the hand and you get down and you pray and say, hey man, I want to give my life to Christ. And so right where you're at, just say, Jesus, I, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I know that I've blown it. And so Jesus, I want to ask you, if you will, to forgive me. And his answer is yes. Jesus, will you come and live within me? Will you change me from the inside out? His answer is yes. Jesus, will you fill me with your Holy Spirit? And will you lead me by your Holy Spirit? His answer is yes. He wants you to be filled with the Spirit. He wants you to walk in obedience to the Spirit. He wants to see the fruits of the Spirit produced in your life. God wants a relationship with you. And if you make that decision today, you put your faith in Christ. And here's the thing. Your life that may seem like it's dead will be filled with life. And people will begin to talk. I can remember hearing oftentimes people say, Man, Mazingo, man, he got religious. I didn't get religious. I had a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. It's not about religion. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. But Jesus was God's attempt to connect with man. And so right where you're at, put your faith in Christ. And maybe you get down on your knees and you just pray that simple prayer and say, ask, ask Jesus, Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you be my leader? Will you be my Lord? Will you save me? And his answer is yes. And if you're a believer, let me encourage you to put your faith in Christ, you know, daily. But to live out your life in such a way that other people see it as a sign that you have been saved, you've been born again. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for what Palm Sunday is. It's a celebration. God, we're in a season of celebration as we move towards towards Easter. Lord Father, next week will be the, the celebration of the resurrection of an empty tomb. It's what sets Christianity apart. And Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that we have the opportunity to celebrate. Even in this time, this season, this pandemic, God, we're able to gather together as the body of Christ and to worship you in truth and in spirit. And God, we get to celebrate what Scripture says and the promises of God. God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for today. And God, we just pray that you would bless the church as we still, as we seek to try to share your message in this trying time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Congratulations to all of you that just made that life-changing decision. This is the greatest decision you have ever made, and we want to help you with your next steps. You should see a link on the screen or in the comments below that will take you to our next steps form. There we'd love to get a little bit of information from you as you began your journey with Christ. Again, we're so excited to see all that God does in and through you. And now we're going to bring our tithes and offerings to God. And I would encourage you to put God first in this area of your life. And we do that by our giving. Now, we've made this super simple. You should see a slide with three ways to give or a link in the comment section to the Journey Giving page. There you can give your tithe and offering. Your giving allows us to make an increasing impact for the gospel. And so take that step now and allow God to bless your obedience. Now, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done today. God, we thank you for the lives that have been changed, for those who right now are giving out of an act of worship. And God, we thank you that we get to continue to share the gospel around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, thank you for joining us online today. And we'll see you right back here next week.